Oftentimes, the first thing a potential employer learns about you is by looking at your resume. In this episode, I'm joined by a special guest to discuss some basic ways to make your resume more effective. Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow Developer Podcast. Here's your host, Chuck Tomasi. Hello, ServiceNow admins, builders, developers, and curious individuals, and I always say that with the utmost love and respect. Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow Developer Podcast, where we bring you the latest tools, tips, and tradecraft to accelerate your career. In this episode, this time I've got the pleasure of talking to returning guest, Mark Scott, Solution Architect at ServiceNow. How are you, Mark? Doing great, Chuck. How are you? I'm off to a good start. It's a beautiful Friday morning here in Phoenix. We're both in Phoenix. We are, yeah. yeah <laughs> We're is. not in the same room this time. <laughs> no, no, but it's it's beautiful across the valley, so. It is, it is. And as we record this, we're looking forward to going to knowledge. Of course, this will come out after knowledge, so hope everybody had a good time. <laughs> I thought we'd do something fun, Mark, now that you're a uh, full-fledged streamer and uh, you know producer. What do you oh, say wow. we turn this around and you ask me the questions about resumes? And, and we'll have a dialogue, of course. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Okay, fire away, Mark. What's the first thing you want to know? All right, Chuck. So where should I start when I'm writing my resume? I'm going to start with the basics. Let's just jump right into it. Uh, I, I find that having a framework for this really sets up the content. Okay. So first of all, we've said this before, you and I have both said it on different things. One page, one page, one page. Absolutely. I'm going to make one exception to that. One and only one exception. Okay. I, I heard this from my uh, son-in-law who was applying for a government job and they want every detail of his history. I mean, going back to his third grade paper route kind of thing. Yeah. So it, if you're going that route, do this. But in the corporate America world and and i suspect most other places around the world cvs one page one page one, one page, page. Yep. because if you hand a tome to a manager it's it's going to be too much if i have been doing software for 40 years and i can get everything onto one page so can you now how I do that is I trim off the things nobody's going to care about. They don't care what I did in 1987. Right. They don't care that I, I don't care. I don't want to advertise that I have Apollo domain OS history from 1989 to 1993. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. It's not relevant. There is no more Apollo. So leave that stuff off. It, the other way to get more out of that one page is use half inch margins. You really got to be creative with that white space. You don't need one-inch margins. You don't need these big gaps between the sections. Keep the white space to a minimum because that space is such a premium. Now, when you're listing your jobs, what you've done, you go in reverse chronological order. So okay. my most recent stuff is at the top. Chuck Tomasi, Senior Developer Advocate Service Now. Mm -hmm. You include the year and the month. If you okay. don't include the month, people will expect and suspect and believe that there are gaps in there. Right. I right. don't know if you just worked until January of 2021 and then took some time off and came back in December of 2021. So, so you, you've got to have the months in there. And if you have gaps, that's fine. Mm -hmm. If the employer asks, hey, I noticed you had six months off. You say, yeah, that was to take care of my parents who need some hospice care. That's fine. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong with, with that. Year and month, got to have it. 
it also gets you out of a really sticky situation too of understanding the date formats between international, like different different parts of the country, different, you know, it, like I was talking about this with with uh, Andrew Aubrey Dorr the other day because he got confused when I put a date down, right? If you do month and year, nobody gets confused. Everyone looks at it the same way. Like it's it 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 it, it flows completely across internationally. Yeah, I put January. 2017 mm-hmm. dash September 2019. Okay, that was a role I had. That's fine as long as you make it readable. Right. So you've got your positions in reverse chronological order with year month. One line says position, company, and location. So senior developer advocate, service now, Arizona or right. Phoenix, Arizona. I'm working from home. If you're working from home, you put the town or city where you're working. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't put Santa Clara because someone could go, well, where did you live in Santa Clara? Because things like that tend to come up in conversation when they're looking at it. They go, oh, it's like, well, actually, I don't live there. I have no clue except where the embassy suites is. And that, I mean, that's a great point, right? Don't put it on your resume if you don't want to talk about it, right? If you if you didn't live in Santa yeah. Clara, don't put Santa Clara down because people are going to talk about it. Don't, you know, don't put facts on your resume you don't want to talk about. And then you put your responsibilities. Okay. I, I, can't stress this enough. People often confuse this with the next thing I want to talk about. But let me give you a quick example of a role that I have that's outside of the service now, oddly enough, ecosphere. I am also a co-author of Podcasting for Dummies, and I want to represent that on my resume as something I did. Maybe I'm applying for uh, an author position or an editor position or a news correspondent. And I want to say, hey, I've done work on that. It looks like this, or I'll say it sounds like this. September 2007 to present. Author dash Wiley Publishing dash. Then I list my responsibilities. Co-author of Podcasting for Dummies, responsible for proposal, complete review of existing material, recommended revisions, rewrite content, companion podcast content, website creation, book launch event, and social media content. That's what I'm responsible as part of being an author. It's not just, hey, I got to write this book or rewrite this book. You'd be very short and succinct. So a manager looks at that and go, oh, social media content, that could come in handy on this next role that I'm considering you for. I didn't know you were also revising and editing and working with editors and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so responsibilities right up there with your title and position. Now, here's the secret sauce that most people don't know about or they forget. Okay. Accomplishments. Ooh, good you one. must put accomplishments on your resume. This is the power. This is the the mitochondria <laughs> of your of your resume. It it's the thing that tells somebody how well you did it. Right. Because just listing responsibilities isn't enough. If I say social media content, I may have posted one tweet, or I may not have posted any tweets. I was responsible for it, but I may have sucked at it really bad. Nobody knows that from your resume, and if you don't tell them, they're going to suspect the worst, because the hiring manager is always looking for an excuse to say no. Right. So accomplishments give them less of a reason to say no. Okay. All right. That's that's really what it is. And the accomplishments are listed, they start with a verb. Mm-hmm. and they have measurable outcomes. So list your accomplishments with measurable outcomes, and you start with a verb. Let me give you some examples, Mark. Completed 100% of deliverables for third and fourth edition, including 60% new content on time. 
birthday. They know I've got everything done on time. Notice there's there's a 100% in there yep, yep. and there's a 60% in there. So there's some numbers so people can go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I get it. Yeah, quantitative. I'm still using that author position. Let me give you another one. Okay. Created and produced over 40 episodes of companion podcast content on second, third, and fourth editions. And finally, successfully launched podcastingfordummies.com website on time and on budget. I don't need to put down things like, I'm good with WordPress. I know how to log into GoDaddy. You sure. know, that, that stuff is implicit in there. And if they want to know, they're going to ask, where did you host podcastingfordummies.com? What software did you use for the hosting? How did you manage the domain registry? Who's paying for that? Blah, blah, blah. You know, that's a discussion if they want to dig into that. What I'm telling them is I can get this site up and running. And if I'm applying for you know, a webmaster position somewhere, I can get your site up and running too. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I, I think what I, I see a lot of resumes where they're forgetting this numbers and quantifying it, putting it into a sentence and making sure that you've set, here's the deadlines that I've made. Here's the the progress that I made. You know, it, to your point, it's the accomplishments, right? It's, it's what I did at this job and finished to make people think that I was amazing because that's what your resume is supposed to do. Make right. you look amazing. If, if you have a scale, let me give you an example. Sure. Delivered a breakout session at Knowledge22 mm-hmm. on ServiceNow RPA Hub. Okay, sure. I'm making this up off the top of my head. Right. Uh, and uh, that that's that's an accomplishment, but I don't know how you did. How do you measure that, Mark? Well, I can tell you, Chuck, because there's that, that, that score that comes back, right? That score that comes back from your presenter, from when you present at Knowledge, you get a speaker score. Right. Put that in your resume. You have okay, to. Okay, so I put down 4.5. Oh, out of five. You got to put out of five, right? There you go. See, you have to. Yes. Yeah. Out of what? If that was out of 10, I wouldn't. I would, mm-hmm. I'd go, this person isn't the greatest presenter. Right. Maybe they need some coaching. But if it's 4.5 out of five, mm-hmm. you put that like, I often put that in parentheses. Yeah. 4.5 slash 5.0. Because space is a premium, you know, use the characters effectively. And anybody can glance at that and go, hey, that's a good presenter. Right. Yeah. yeah. That was a great, that was a great score. I, I didn't have to read a whole narrative about there was a million people that were there and everyone cheered at the end. It was 4.9 out of five. Easy, to, right. easy to digest. If it's a big audience, maybe you want to put that. Yeah, know? absolutely. Presented, you know, blah, 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 RPA hub to a thousand yeah. attendees, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it happens to be. Yeah. So those are accomplishments you can put down. All right. What else you got? All right. So what if, let me, let me give you a few things and you tell me if it belongs on a resume or not. Oh, I like this. Cause I right. always see things that don't belong on a resume. All right. Okay. We're do, we're going to do them a little rapid fire, right? Ready? Education. Yes. Okay. With this caveat, make it just a single line, usually at the bottom. Mine says education, colon, BS computer science, 1987, Northern Michigan university. That's one line. I'm, I'm really using that space effectively. Yeah. Okay. Skills. No, because if you write the accomplishments properly, the necessary information is going to be there. Don't waste that precious paper telling someone, you know, service portal or UI builder when your accomplishment says deployed customer facing portal. Okay. The, the technology is irrelevant at that point. They're going to ask if they need to know. Yeah. And this, I mean, this is one I've got to work with because I, you know, back in the day, I put a word cloud of everything I could think of, right? Thinking that SEO was going to be my way to go. But to your point, if you wrote it in the sentences above in your accomplishments, you don't need a giant skills word cloud. 
And here's the other thing. This is foreshadowing. Your resume is tailored for the position you are applying to. Exactly. If now I just said that, that it might sound like deployed customer facing portal. Mm-hmm. If they are specifically calling for someone with service portal skills, then I would say deployed customer facing portal and maybe throw in using ServiceNow service portal just so it stands out a little bit better. Because if I don't put it in, they'll go, well, maybe your customer facing portal was in, uh, I don't even know. What's the old Microsoft product? IIS? (laughs) You hold a Microsoft product. Oh man, I deployed IIS. But I, I, I think the point here is don't, you know, use, use the SEO to your advantage, put the keywords in there, but put it in full sentences. Don't, don't put it in some big giant paragraph at the bottom. It's not going to do anybody any good. But at the same token, don't think that you have to jam every technology you've ever used. Like, uh, I've used my SQL, so I better put my SQL somewhere in my accomplishments. No, no, you don't have to. Right. But if you're going for, you know, WordPress hosting somewhere, right. That's like, you need to put my SQL in there, right. To your point, have, have those skills tailored for each job you're going out for and yeah. what that might look like. Um, what else you got? Okay. Contact information. Absolutely. They better know how to reach you. Uh, in- include physical address mm-hmm. in case they need to mail you something, phone number, and here's a good one, a website. They that's can all be on one single line just under your name. So mine says Charles Tomasi. That's mm-hmm. the first thing, top line of my resume. Right underneath it, my home address phone number, website. If they want to know more, they go to the website and there's GitHub repos and YouTubes and Amazon pages and all the stuff that tells about me and it's broken down. It's, it's like me in a nutshell. Yeah. You know what, you know what freaks me out about that statement though, is that we probably all should have been calling you Charles this whole time until we got familiar with you. That's why my mother calls me and she uses my second name if I'm really in trouble. All right. What about um, awards and recognition? Kind of depends on this one. Okay. This one's I'm on the fence. I would say yes, if it's relevant to the position you're applying. Okay. If I won an outstanding achievement award you know, when I was in high school, <laughs> probably not. Uh, if I won a, uh, a technical consultant of the year in 2015, Sure. Yeah, put that on there. One line, if I, um, if I got my certified application developer mm-hmm. in the last couple of years, yes. If I got my ITIL certification in 2008, probably not. Right, right. <laughs> so leave off the really old stuff. Put in the newer relevant if it's related. Uh, if I got you know pie eating competition in 2017, mm-hmm. nah, that's that's not, that's not relevant. Gonna... Unless of course I'm going for a professional foodie or eat eating competition or something. And and is this so? I, I have this question for you, which is: Is this separate? You know, certifications. Is this separate? Is awards and recognition the same as certifications? Do you put it in the same spot? Like, is it? If let's say maybe you're one of those overachieving people that has a million certifications, right? Do you do you? maybe kick out the awards for the certifications instead? I tend to group mine together. It, it's right. almost like a awards and certifications. Okay. Okay. It, that's, it's, it's what I've done to help my career grow, to show that I'm continuing to grow and educate, et cetera. Uh, but again, I make sure that it's relevant and it's tight. Right. I don't put 15 of them. I put my top three that are relevant to that current position. 
And then, okay. So in that same kind of vein, what about like clubs, affiliations, volunteer work, anything like that? Valuable. Again, this one's a, it depends. Okay. If it's relevant to the job or if you're short on other jobs. So we'll get to, you know, what do you do if you don't have Chuck's 40 years of experience? <laughs> volunteer work can be very uh, eye-opening, you know, to shed some light. And so this person goes above and beyond what they're asked to do and, you know, spends two hours a week at the local food pantry. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, that's nice to know. They're helping out the community. Uh, so it, it's got to be, it's got to show some sort of initiative accomplishment sure. that, you feel would impress if it's if it's volunteer work let's say i'm i'm doing a, a i'm going to take a job at the local newscasting station you know, the, and and i said i do the live streaming and audio for our church yeah i put that down right so and then what about like side projects okay so let's say let's say you're building it like i know jace for instance builds out news.jace.pro it's not mm-hmm. getting paid for it right where do you put that is that is that a you know, is that a skill? Is that a, you know, where, where would, would you even put that on your resume? Yeah, I'd find a creative place to put it. It might be volunteer work. You're okay. doing that as a community outreach. You're going above and beyond. You may be, you know, like me 20 years ago, I had a server farm in your basement. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, you know, maybe you even have, if not volunteer work, you could have uh, side projects, but it, I I don't know that I would go gangbusters on that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It it should almost be, uh, you know, some people suggested. You know, I don't have a personal vanity domain, chucktomasi dot com or uh, PHX Dev. You could have a GitHub page mm-hmm. that represents that, and then those projects could be spotlighted there as well. So they're not directly on your resume, but you might have you know a line that says. For information on personal side projects, see GitHub slash blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And we, we had talked about this on the stream too, about the GitHub links, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're going to put that on your resume, and this is something that I, I truly believe. As a developer? Yeah. Yeah. Put it on there. Put it on That's there. Absolutely. Gold. But but be careful, right? Make sure that your public, <laughs> your public repos are public and the ones that you don't want to be public aren't. Because if you put a Node.js project out there and I go look through it and I go, Okay, tell me about this plugin that you threw. Like, I didn't finish. Yeah. <laughs> it was an idea I started on a weekend and never finished. I have some of those repos. Now that you're making me nervous, Mark. <laughs> no, it. I mean, I do it too. Like I'll fork a repo and it. I'm like, I don't even know why this is in here. Like, I don't know yeah. what this is. Like, so make sure that you don't have any of that because sometimes you just fork a repo to go and look and, you know, mess around or I don't know, see what's up. Don't, don't leave that there. Like, don't leave that there if you're not going <laughs> to keep that as a professional thing that you want to move forward. Right. Same thing with your LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, everything. Like you're not going to put all the nasty tweets and all the nasty, all the, like you don't do that. It's not public. So. Oh, sure that's a whole up. different discussion right. is your social media profile. Don't even get into that. <laughs> um, but yeah, the it's, it's, it's that outward face that you put to the world. Your code is part of that. And I have picked through people's GitHubs and they have gotten a little mad at me because like you put it on there, man. Like I wanted to ask you about that piece of code. I thought it was cool. So Yeah. So I, I think that's a good kind of segue into what what kind of content do you put on your resume? How do you know what kind of content to put on your resume? Oh, this is this is what I like to think of as the Christmas club effect. You know, a lot of people do not think about Christmas until about, oh, December 1st or maybe, you know, Black Friday, whatever it is. And they go, oh, my gosh, 
Who do I have to shop for? Where do I go? How much money do I have? Blah, 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 blah. And you do, if you don't do it every day, you're not thinking about it and you don't do a very good job of it. This is the job of the career history document. Okay. I have one of these. It sits in Evernote. I look at it once a month. And the reason I do that, let me, let me give you what a different, it's, it's a very detailed collection of the raw data mm. that can be used to generate a resume. Okay. It's everything. I mean, this is, if somebody wanted that government document with the 10 pages on it, this mm. is where it would come from. But because I'm tailoring this for every position, you don't put everything on the career history document on your resume. You pick and choose what you get. Right. Okay. So I go into this thing monthly. I have a reminder on my calendar, on my to-do app that says, hey, did you check out the career history document? It makes it very easy to assemble the right pieces mm -hmm. depending on the position later. So again, if I'm applying for a developer advocacy position, sure. I'd pull out the different things that I were applying for than, than that newscaster. We talked about that a little bit before. I've got information on my career history document about being a martial arts assistant instructor. Mm -hmm. doesn't appear on my service now type resumes, but yeah. it could if I were doing something else. It's full of those different elements that I can use to make the strongest case for that specific position. Right. And every month I go in and I look through my calendar, my projects folder, my remarkable notes. Mm -hmm. There's all, all kinds of little things. I go, what did you finish? What are you working on? And sometimes I put things on there that are going to be completed next month, just so I don't forget them. You know, a lot of our projects span multiple weeks, multiple months. But if you put it on the career history document and you come back and you go, April, 2022, you know, got this done for knowledge on time, got that done for knowledge on time. And then in May, I come back and go, deliver this with a score of that and, you know, presented this to so many people. I've got those accomplishments at the ready. I'm not trying to think of this in five years when, when I, somebody says, hey, uh, I've got a position I think you might be good for. Can you get me your resume? And you're going, ah, 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 what do I have to put on my resume? Okay, It's all right here. You just go in like a buffet and pick and choose. I go, I want some bacon bits and I want some cheese and I want, you know, that's the easiest way to assemble a resume the career history document, but it's a discipline. Mm -hmm. You have to be disciplined about visiting this monthly, no more than quarterly. Right. Okay, if you want to be quarterly, I like to do it monthly because it's just part of my monthly routine. I reset a log here. I go verify this backup is running there. I do this to you know, this device. And, and, and oh, I got to spend 15, 20, maybe 30 minutes at the most. Month. Yeah. Just keeping my career history document up to date, but I know it's going to be there for me when I need it. And is if you focus on that resume format of what's the accomplishment? Start with a verb. Do I have a measurable? If I don't have a measurable, how do I go find that out? Oh, you know, no one ever gave me my scores from knowledge. I better go ask, hey, what were my scores? Right. And then you put them on your career history document and there you have them for the rest of eternity. Maybe you use them on your next resume. Maybe you don't based on the position you're applying for. If you had to walk away with two things from this podcast, it's accomplishments with measurables and the career history document. Sure. Those are going to be your two best friends for keeping your resume ready. I, I think there's a lot of people that may not have already had this experience, but I've definitely been in this kind of a position, right? If you were in a position where you really need a resume now, 
the last thing you need to be doing is looking for these resources. It's the last possible thing on your mind because you're mm-hmm. already stressed. Believe me, you're already stressed. It's the a last bit, thing you need. I, I don't want to be too dark about it, but it's a bit like, you know, when after you die, where's the will? Right. I mean, no, no offense to my current employer, right? But it's an insurance policy, right? If you if if you have to go find a job later, right, for for whatever reason it is, it's your insurance policy to make sure that you can hit the ground running and get up to speed as quickly as you need to be. And you don't have to go struggle for this kind of stuff. And and I mean, it's as simple as like you're saying, just keeping a spreadsheet, right? Just keep a spreadsheet. I like to visit mine yep. quarterly because I visit mine during my my manager goal setting. Like I make sure that when I'm setting my goals, it's actionable. It's all the things you're talking about. And then guess what? At the end of the year, I take the goals that I did and I did really well on and I just plop them in. And, you know, the end of the quarter, I plop them in. Like whenever I reached a, you know, I got a rock done or I did that, like I pop it in and it's, it's just so easy to keep it up to date as opposed to scrambling later on. So, yeah. yeah. And if you, if you've been working for five, 10, 20 years, don't worry about that stuff that is old, old. Like I said, I, I don't care how many um, domain OS deployments I did in a month right. you know, or I had a, I, I had a really early version of a CMDB. It was a three ring binder <laughs> that had every machine, the maintenance I did on it, how much Ram. I mean, it was, it was an early, I didn't realize it at the time, but it was an early version of a CMDB. It, I had an, a list of all the records for all the workstations I took care of. And, uh, and the software vendor was terribly impressed. I didn't have any relationships in it, but you know, there wasn't much complexity at that time. But that w- that's the kind of stuff you don't need to worry about is just think about what you've done in the last two years and, and start this career history document today. If you don't have one, start it today. Use your existing resume as a basis. Of course, you'll want to make sure that you've got the accomplishments and all that good stuff on it. Yeah. So you've got 40 years of experience, obviously, when you remember the I'm an old man. Paper CMDB. I mean, come on. Um, what what about someone who's just getting started, right? Did you just insult me? No. That was it was it was it was reverie. It was it was paper CMDBs. Oh my gosh. Like that's you know, both ways in the snow. So uphill. Yeah. So if you don't have a lot of experience, list those accomplishments you have in school. Mm-hmm. And a volunteer work. I remember when my brother, uh, he, he had two, three daughters. He had three daughters. And as they were growing up, they kept a three-ring binder. They'd come home with an award or you know, a gold star or something. It was an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. That meant a lot to them. And again, that was their career history document. It was just this folder full of you know, letter from the teacher saying, Brittany did excellent and went above and beyond. And like, that's that's key stuff that you can use to build your first resume. I had an award in high school. I don't know if everybody got this, if half of them got it, if just the top 10%, I have no idea. It was called the Michigan Governor's Award for Academic Excellence or something meaningless like that. It was very generic. Uh, Now, I'm no A student. I'll be the first to admit that. But it wasn't a bad thing to list on my early resume because it was an accomplishment. Mm -hmm. It was... It was something I did that uh, it showed I had some uh, academic excellence because it said right on the thing, academic excellence. And, and, you know, the employer's not going to go back and call the Michigan governor no. and go, why did you give this to Chuck? What did he do to deserve this? Uh, but at, at, at this point in my career, that has no place on my resume. Right. But you may have, you know, let's say um, 
uh, Mark, you were president of the chess club, okay, and you raised two hundred and fifty dollars for the animal shelter by organizing a car wash. There's something for the resume. You know, you're you're a freshman looking for your first job, or you just recently graduated. You know, there's things you did in high school and college that that you can pull out. So keep your eye out. If you've got children that are going through this, give them that advice as well. It's like, you need stuff for the resume. You want to hand things that you're proud of that show, I am a go-getter. I have done this. That would be a good place for, you know, some of those personal projects as well. Right. Now that I think about it, it's like, hey, I've been dabbling with this stuff on my spare time after I've done the car wash for the animal shelter, the chess club. Right. It's like, wow, this person really knows how to get things done. So. Put those down. It's good to have, don't think that it has to be, uh, you know, all exclusively burger flipping at the local burger place. Right. You know, okay. Yeah. That's a job you had. Did you do it well? How do you measure that? You know, yeah. 450 burgers a day on time and on schedule? I, I don't know. But some of those are a little tougher when you have a very entry level position. But it also gets your mind thinking about future things, things that, things that, um, you know, bosses, executives like to think of is what are the measurable outcomes? What are we trying to accomplish? What are the goals of this position and how well did you hit them? Because if you, if you walk into, say you're a, a cashier at the bookstore, mm-hmm. okay, and that's your entry level position is you work three nights a week at the bookstore, ask your boss sometime You go, you know, do we have goals? Are we trying to increase sales? Are we trying to increase customer satisfaction? What are the goals of this position that I can understand to make sure that I'm living up to your potential? Is it just be on time? Great. You could put that on the resume. You go, on time attendance, 365 days a year. Like, well, you know what? If I were a boss hiring a new hire for maybe it's a coder, maybe it's something else, you go, this person knows how to show up on time. I like that. So understand what your current objectives, your current goals, like you said, Mark, tie your goals to those outcomes. And hey, if you did them right, they show up on the resume. Yeah, it's a, it's a symbiotic relationship with your goal. Absolutely. Your manager, right? Like if you, if you ask your manager, what can I do to measure my success so I can put it on my resume, right? Don't say the last part, just think it in your head. It, mm-hmm. It's, it's, um, it's great because now your now your manager has a, a measuring stick to figure out, hey, are you doing good? Like how, you know, on top of you took the initiative to go and ask them this kind of stuff, right? It's only good. It's only good. It's going to be good for your resume. It's going to be good for your manager. It's going to be good for your career. Like this, this conversation that you have about setting goals and then tracking those goals, that's basic. Got to do it in every single job. And they may be measuring it and you don't know. If you're, exactly. let's say you're, you're a call agent on a call center. You know they're measuring call duration. Yeah. Uh, you know, mean uh, what is it? The the not the mean time before failure. That's <laughs> it's it's the mean time to closure, something like that. Mm-hmm. It, 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 they're measuring a whole bunch of things. You go, hey, what can I do to improve those metrics? What should I be aware of, and how am I doing against those? To because they're they're measuring them. No one's going to be mad that you asked, right? It's and and I, I've actually been talking to a few people about this. I'm like, no one's going to be mad that you wanted to know how can I do better, right? It's 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 only going to be more fodder for your career down the line. Absolutely. It, I mean, 100. I I completely agree with what you're saying. It can't be a, um, you know, it it can't just be a. I I was the greatest 
person in this position, like every time you got a little award, every time I got, I was called every time I got a piece of glass, right. You tend to get like a little piece of glass with their, your award etched in there. And oh, we just had it, some of those go out to our MVPs. <laughs> I, we've been seeing some amazing, some amazing pictures of them, right. Every time you got a piece of glass, write it down and why you got it. Right. Because I'll tell you right now, without looking at my, my records, I couldn't tell you why I got the awards that I got. Right. No idea. I could tell you I got the awards, but I don't know why. <laughs> I have to look at that. I have to look at that record. I have to keep that list going and keep it up to date because it's the just absolutely the, the most important thing. 100%. So this next question, right, that we're going to get into, because I'm, I'm a really, I, I'm really big on social media. I love social media. I'm not big on social media. I just really like social media. How, how important is the social media aspect of all of this, right? Your, your LinkedIn, you know, let's just take LinkedIn because I, I want to take that one first. How important is it that it, that it's up to date, that you've got posts on there that you've, you know, put a, put a profile picture, all that stuff. Like what, what is the most important piece of that? It is your public business face. I'll call it that. So make sure that what you put on there is professional. Make sure it doesn't necessarily have to be <laughs> every accomplishment or every thing you've released, but you know, the, it, it, they should be able to glance at that. In terms of the profile page, yes, follow through with that. I think they even tell you, yours is only 50% done. You might want to finish these pieces. Um, I have I have trimmed back on some of the information that I share there just because social media being social media, how discoverable do you want them to know sure. that you went to this specific university? Mm, you know, there's an education section in there. I'm going to leave that to everybody's discretion. They all have, you all have different ideas of privacy and what is appropriate and not appropriate to share. Right. But I would have it resemble, not be an exact duplicate, but resemble your resume. Okay. I was in this position from this year to this year at, at this location. Here's what I was responsible for. And here's a couple of accomplishments. Mm -hmm. I'm not updating the LinkedIn profile monthly, like I am the career history document. It would just be this big garbage dump of, you know, who cares at some point. But uh, I, I would definitely, if you are in the market for a new job, go look at it again. It should be, it should be up to date. Yeah. You know, maybe that's one of those quarterly or every half a year, or at least once a year, you go and check, is anything really out of date? Hmm. Sure. Do I need this thing from 2007? Because I've been on LinkedIn for a while. Mm -hmm. Probably not. It's not helping anything. In fact, it might even be detrimental to your, uh, to somebody looking at your, you don't want to give them the wrong impression of what you've been working on. Yeah. Well, I can give you an example of that. And it came from my LinkedIn. It 100% came from my link. Did you leave something on there that shouldn't have been on there? I had I had put a project on there where I was a co-founder. It was a side project. We were trying to get it monetized. It was like we were trying to run it as a business. So we all put it on our LinkedIn, right? And so then I'm getting calls from recruiters who are like, how long have you been at Mind Control? I'm like, okay, let me talk about Mind Control. <laughs> like, Oops. Yes. That's an easy one to forget because I, you, you, you can put you know, 2007 to present. Well, if you haven't updated it since 2009. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll forget stuff like that. The, yeah. So yeah, yeah, about every six months or, or, or 12 months, make sure those dates are at least accurate because there's things you're going to volunteer for and then not. Mm -hmm. You know, mine still says, I am available as an author for Wiley Publishing for the Podcasting for Dummies book mm -hmm. because I am. I expect sometime in the next 12 to 24 months, my co-author is going to call me up again and say, hey, Wiley wants us to do a fifth edition. Right. I'm still open to that. 
if I shut it down and say, well, I went from 2008 to 2009, and then I went from 2017 to 2018, and I went from 20... There's way too much garbage out there. I never really stopped being an author for them, even though there were nine years between the second and third edition. Yeah. It just carried through. Yeah. And and I mean, it can... So... That that specific example, I think, is a good example of don't don't do that. Right. Don't if you if if it's off and on and off and on and off and on, make it, you know, to from this to this. You don't want to look like you're hopping back and forth between jobs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to go back to a point that you had earlier about updating, you know, LinkedIn once every year. I was on LinkedIn back in the day when when you updated it, it would say so and so updated their LinkedIn profile. Oh, that? yes. Especially if you change a title. I made that oh, mistake one gosh. time. Um, nobody knew what a senior technical product marketing manager was mm-hmm. and representing a developer audience. I didn't want the word marketing in my title. No. I thought that was a verse. So I shortened it to senior TPMM and I forgot to turn that off. You don't have to announce every change in your profile. Mm-hmm. And suddenly I got, I, I, I went absolutely nowhere. I just updated my title and everybody goes, Hey, congratulations on the new yeah, position for about two weeks. It was, it was a lot of noise that I didn't need. So yeah, pay attention to whether or not you're announcing something or not. It's it's totally appropriate if you say, you know, I've left this company or I'm getting a new position at the same company. That's cool. You may want to announce that. Well, you but, should and and get everybody to 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 say congratulations. I will, yep. right? Like follow me, I'll do it. Um but but I what it's it's both a cautionary thing and a I think it's a reason for updating your LinkedIn profile more often, right? I'm a, sure. I'm constantly on LinkedIn. I'm constantly putting stuff in there. I mean, I don't change my title necessarily, but you know, I'm, I'm very cognizant of what and how and how LinkedIn actually works so that if I do go update my LinkedIn, no, nobody's like, Ooh, is he looking for a new job? Right. It's like, no, he's just constantly doing that. Like it's just, it's something exactly. that happens all the time. Right. Yeah. And, and if you accidentally leave a notification on or LinkedIn changes the way it works or whatever it is, right. It, it's better to know than to not know, in my opinion. Yeah. I I like to think of LinkedIn as sort of a an entry point to yeah. garner interest. And if they want to know more, they get a resume. Well, and if 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 you want to hear the God's honest truth, I, I've sat on calls with recruiters who sat on LinkedIn and pater- typed in ServiceNow developer and then just and I'm serious, you know, control click and they just open new tab, new tab, new tab, new tab, and they just go through all the tabs. And on the tab, they hit control F and they look for service now again. And it's, yep. it, it's, it's insane, but that's exactly yeah. what happens. They're, they're not doing a good job because I get those two. It's like, hey, we've got a position for a service now developer. It's like, yeah, um, thanks, but no, that, that was about fourth thing down on my resume from where I am today. Would you call up a senior vice president and say, we have a position for uh, uh, an accountant? Right. Right. <laughs> like, no, not really. But it probably happens, I'm sure. I'm sure it does. Yeah. Um, so always be respectful. If you absolutely. get those and you want to, and you, and you decline, I think there's even a button you can say, sorry, not interested. Yeah. Yeah. And plus with all the, all the, the messaging stuff, you can just click a single button and it like puts a whole right. sentence back in. Right. I'm like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> if they're going to click a single button. You have the right to click a single button too. <laughs> I can too. Yeah. It's great. Um, so we flipped this today with, with me like, but, but now I've got to, like, this is the part I can never do. You Are you going to do, do the, the editing outcome. too? No, I can't do the editing. I can't do any of that. Come on. Um, no, that's why I switched to, to live streams because it's so much easier. You just, you just have people show up and talk and then it's on YouTube and it, you know, there's no editing. Oh, oh, you silly, young, naive I person. Know, I know. <laughs> now it's a lot of fun. Thanks for turning that around. I think we'll, yeah. uh, we'll see how the audience takes it. 
We'll see. Yeah. I mean, you, I got a jab in about, you know, paper CMDB. You did, you did accuse me of being the president of the chess club. So I think we're one for one on that one. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> There's so many ex presidents of chess clubs right now going, what did he just say? Like, the AV club? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, tell them how they can get in touch with you if they're interested. Absolutely, Chuck. So uh, PHX Dev on every social media platform I can think of. Uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube is the big one right now. I'm trying to get my YouTube up and running. So um, if you've been enjoying uh, this content here, I try to have a lot more of the same kind of content on, on my YouTube as well with uh, the soft skills. Um, streaming every Friday at 530 PST on YouTube, LinkedIn, and Twitter. So check it out. Woo-hoo! Thank you, Mark. And thank you, wonderful listener, for joining us today. I will have all the links Mark mentioned in the show notes for this episode. Don't forget, I invite you to check out the other ServiceNow podcasts. You can find them at servicenow.com slash podcast. A reminder that Breakpoint is brought to you by ServiceNow, executive producer Chuck Tomasi, video and captions by Earl Duque. And to find out more, about the ServiceNow developer program, please head to developer.servicenow.com. Thank you so much for talking to us, Mark. I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thanks, Chuck. Me too. Please let us know what you think about this podcast. You can leave feedback or ask questions in the ServiceNow community. For more great information on ServiceNow development, check out the ServiceNow developer portal at developer.servicenow.com. Thanks for listening. Uh, what are you trying to tell me, technology? It's, it's fun. It's, it is what it is. Can we pause the recording for just a second, Chuck? I'm so sorry. I, I'm, I'm booting up my laptop. I'm sorry. <laughs> you just made some outtakes. Hang on. I got to read something. I have a whole bunch of notes in here. Please look at the retina scanner. Please put your fingerprint on the fingerprint reader. No, wait, what happened to two? You skipped it. Like, don't do that. If you had to walk away with two things from this resume, where were we again? Let's just do that last part again. Oh, boy. Yeah.